Hello and welcome to the latest session of Luda Balls. And we are joined today by Michael Kicker Kane from Cuckoo. Kicker, thanks very much for jumping on the call tonight. No problem, pleasure, John. Good to get a Cuckoo man's perspective on things and how the league's going. And um, you're flying at the uh, in the league at the minute, so um, yeah. to hear your thoughts uh, when we we'll talk about the vision one and that, and how's it going. No problem. And also on the line, Ronan. Ronan, uh, the voice is gone a bit. Voice is gone. I think I was shouting that much at the Love Island final last night. I think I've lost it. Did your did your hot tip win? No, I fancied big OV, but I'm sure he, he lost it. <laughs> you know what my tips are like this year, anyway, so not make a difference. Well, just on that... Uh... You know, we were looking through, we'll start off with Division 4, the predictions. Well, you got one right anyway. Uh, St. Paul's against Bright. Um, St. Paul's uh, weren't happy with you, Roni, with your tipping Bright. And we actually actually uh, tweeted us in, big rallying call for for St. Paul's to, to turn up. and But, but we proved them uh, wrong and uh, Bright came out with a one-point win. They did, yeah. No, the game we, we, we did say it was going to be a close game. Um, Division four is awfully, awfully tight this year, and it, it, it really was just come down to one point. Even the the other game there between Auckland's to Finn and Dundrum was was a two point game. So there's not a lot between them teams at the minute, and it's it's great to see because we we've touched on the importance of, of having good leagues in down. And, even now down down to the, the fourth division really really competitive which is it's just bringing the whole lot on yeah and it's from a four have you have you been keeping an eye on division four it's starting to heat up a, a lot this year yeah big time um uh, I'd actually actually be involved with our third team there and we played uh, <clears throat> August and Finn in a couple of friendly games mm-hmm. and uh, they're an excellent young side coming on there, and uh, obviously they're up around the, the top end of it at the minute. They're a brilliant win over Dundrum last week in what would be a, a Parish Derby. Um, now both teams level on points, but the top six in that league from Dundrum down to Caliph in sixth place, there's only four points separating them, which is which is brilliant. It shows how competitive that league has become, and uh, next year it'll only get it'll only be better, I think. Um, so the promotion chase there's it's going to be a brilliant run in. In that league, and uh, a couple of good fixtures this week will determine maybe how the outcome that league ends up. Yeah, and the, the fixtures are a couple of is our glass against Finn and the drum against Cliff. Massive games, um, especially for the drum. They've probably uh, went off the boil a wee bit in recent times, probably due to injuries and that. So if, if they could get uh, back with another win, and uh, if Finn can keep up their good form, um, they're two of the favourites that league, and I think it it looks this way to me. I think one of them will definitely win that league. Um, St Paul's, Bright, Artlas, and Kilif will obviously have something to say about that. But for me, it's between Dundrum and August and Finn at the minute. And the, getting over these fixtures this weekend for both of them uh, could send them on their way to uh, Division Four success. Yeah, Ronnie, it's just with um, Dundrum. What I know you, you know you've, you you're here close to the ground with uh, Division Four, and what has happened the past few weeks. Um, is it just one factor, or, or has it been a contribution of uh, just bad timing? Um, 
Probably just that they were obviously going very well. They started the season very well, um, got a good lead up on the league. But unfortunately, we, we sort of touched on it. They, they did get a few injuries to, to key men, which sort of just derailed them a bit. And it's probably just hard to get that momentum back again, um, especially when other teams have maybe kicked on a bit. Like as, as Michael said there, that you've got Alcos Finn and St Paul's pushing them very tight. Bright now are. Or I've got that game in hand. I would I would expect them very easily to be at Mitchell's on Friday night, which mm-hmm. puts puts Bright bang in contention because they'll be on eighteen points. So it'll go down to the wire this year, which probably Division Four hasn't been. You remember Tyconic won it last year at a canter, so it's it's brilliant to see the, the difference already. Um, the the leagues are making just by a couple of changes for a couple of years. So, but. Like Dundrum, I think the two teams play each other in a junior championship as well. Dundrum and Khalif, so there'll be a wee bit um, sparring there going on as well because both teams probably don't want to show their hand going into the first round of the championship either. Yeah, just Ronnie, just I'll push you for a, a prediction since um, you know you're on hot such a hot uh, streak of form with Division Four. Or Mister Finn, what's your predictions on that one? That's probably the, the toughest one to call for me because you, you know it's like going to Artola, it's not an easy place. Um, Our glass will probably just be their last chance to maybe put, put themselves in for the league. So that they'll have to be at Ockham's to Finn if they're going to they're gonna try and maybe push for the league. Um, I'll probably say that one will be a, a draw. Oh, <laughs> get off that fence, will you? That'll be that'll be both sets of, of teams coming at me now. <laughs> what about uh, what about Dundrum and Cleef? I do I do think that um I think things just gonna have to turn around for Dundrum. Um again the one eleven I think maybe they give away a couple of frees against Douglas Finn, which were converted, so maybe they'll probably try to cut down on the discipline a bit this week. Um and I think a home home advantage should should take them past Khalif this Friday night. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kicker, do you, do you see any difference in, in Grown saying or No, I, I do think Average Defender are in a good uh, run of form at the minute and there are a couple of uh, players missing last week and they'll be back this week. I think they'll go to our glass and win. I think they're they're really built very well. They're playing tomorrow in the, in the Championship which are playing at a level of both them so they're preparing really well. They're putting a lot of work in there. I think August Finn will, will get a win this week and I, I, I also think Dundrum will get the result against Khalif. Uh, just with August Finn, I know you said you played them a couple of times with the Cuckoo Thursday night. Is there any players that, you know, um, for you stand out and driving August Finn on? Well, the young fellow Warren Flanagan there is a, he's a very accomplished free taker. He scored 10 points last week all from freeze mm-hmm. um, which was big scoring. Um, so if you foul and around dying inside the forty-five, he's he's normally very accurate. They've a, they've a good mixture of youth and experience at the minute there. Um, Donick Steele's playing really well around the middle. They've Paul Flanagan still floating about the place. Shane McCann, Shane Minnie, um, Sean Fitzsimmons. They're all pretty decent footballers at that level, and uh, they're driving that whole club forward. And uh, they they started uh, a few years back up again mm-hmm. uh, from a very small base, and uh, to see them from promoted to be be a massive achievement and. I don't think they'll be that far away, although I think Dundrum could be the team that could pip them in the end. Yeah, but, you know what, it is great to see. We said last week, it was, it was great to see. And, you know, uh, these games coming up into the Champs now, uh, players 
seemingly make themselves available whenever, you know, earlier in the season they might have been injured or anything. But the Championship has a, has a great way of clearing the, the physio table for the boys. So um, it'll be interesting to see now how that one pans out. Division three, Rony. Uh, Addy Call and Drummond S. Um, and the Connacht against Planabana. I was talking to uh, Wayne McCullough. Um, he was at the, the Addy Call Drummond game, and he was just saying Addy Call were were just a better team. Mm-hmm. They were just just stronger, look stronger. Um, so we sort of touched on the, the good win they got against Shamrocks. Um, so obviously give them a bit of confidence. There is some good footballers in Addy Calls. We've always said so. Maybe just that wee bit of confidence is one of the things that we're lacking there for a couple of months. Um, but they've definitely got that back in now. And he, he said they, they played some good football last Friday night. Um, so that was the main one. And I was just talking to a few people now that were at the Tychonic Clanabana game. And they said that was that was a real, real tight game. But both teams maybe set up um, quite defensively. Um, looking to looking to play on the counter attack, and um, and I believe Kieran Carvel for for Tyconic was at at the four for most of them in the first half. Um, they also got a man sent off early in the second half. Tyconic, so to come out with that result uh, was a massive, massive result in, in what was a, a four point game. So they'll they'll be really happy to to have got the two points, sir. Yeah. Just looking at the fixtures again, there's another couple of real four pointers again this week in that league as well. Yeah, but the um, Ali Call you would say are out of trouble now, Ronnie, wouldn't you? And, um, yeah, I think they're comfortable. Yeah, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we were saying they just needed one more win, so they've picked up a couple of wins there in, in seven days, so that'll bring them on a couple of good scores as well. They, they scored highly up in Uri and then they scored another 214. So, that's probably where you just need to get to. You need to be scoring in around nineteen twenties to get your wins. So they did them very well in the last couple of weeks, and I, I think it's comfortably got them out of trouble. There's, I would say, anybody from Clanabana, Dramar, and Drummond down will probably just be looking over their shoulder at the minute after Tyconic got the two points mm-hmm. on Friday or Thursday. Sorry, it was. Yeah, and kicker just with Division Three, um, Anna Clone, uh. Cairns got them flying. You know, you would have tipped on a clone at the, at the start of the year to come out of Division 3, but to do it in the style that he's doing it, um, you know, and they've uh, they've Bally Martin now this week, but uh, the scores and that they're, they're, they're getting and the football they're playing, it's a, it's a joy. Yeah, I, when Anna Clone went down last year, I was quite surprised. Um, was, uh, I know from watching them uh, on the Evening Intermediate Championship last year, they were just too good for Division 3, in my opinion. Um, I didn't ever think, and I never, I never doubted that they wouldn't come back up again. I, was, I think they will. They'll win that league at a counter. Um, yeah, has them playing a lovely brand of football, and yeah, they've scored uh, two hundred ninety points. You know, all in, mm-hmm. and only conceded one hundred and fifty eight, which is a massive, massive scoring. Um, but they've a lot of mainstays around their team there that's been about for a long time, and uh, it's good to see anybody's the crazy went to Division Three and and uh, left the team down there, but they've. They've they've dragged their their club back up on their well they haven't just yet but to me they will do and uh, they deserve a lot of credit for that you know boys like Gary and Benny McCardle, uh, young McConnor McConville at the back there and uh, Kevin Anderson and boys like that and um, the real leaders in that club and uh, they're 
they're going really well. And Kieran Brannigan's a, a brilliant young coach, and it's, it's good to see him going well with them. And especially he was the man who was involved when they went down. He could have walked away, um, but he didn't. He, he dug in and got them going again, and fair play to them. Yeah, it's it's look, you know it's um, as I said, you know it, they probably were too strong for Division Three, but to actually go and, and do it is another thing. Uh, Ballymore had a great win against uh, Dromara Brony, so you know this will be a, a test for Anakin to see where they're at, you know, because Ballymore as well um, on their day are too strong for Division Three. Yeah, they, they just had a lot a lot of bad luck at the start of the year just with, with injuries, but uh, Bally Martin's going with a, a full panel at the minute. Uh, mm-hmm. They've won six in a row, which probably should have been the form at the start of the year because we, we sort of felt they'd be strong for the division. Um, but last week, they'd five or six boys away on holidays, maybe just getting their, their last break before a championship push. So that, that'll be a real cracker. It'll be, it'll be good for both teams the week before the first round of the Intermediate Championship too. Because it'll bring them, it'll bring them on. It'll be a good competitive edge mm-hmm. to it. So, um, I think Anna Clone plays Ali Cole, so there's no better preparation than playing an Armorn team. And Bally Martin plays Clannabana, so again, neighbours to Anna Clone. So it'll be it'll be a good match up for both of those teams to to get ready for the championship. Yeah, and uh, it'll be just to see how they go. As you say, it's great preparation for a championship to see exactly where the fitness levels are at, and you know a good competitive game. So. Um, but is how many wins do you think it'll take on a clone then to secure the promotion? I would I would think just it, it probably depends because Dungaff should be at Glastrumman on, on Friday night, you would mm-hmm. feel so just keep them close to them. I, I would say maybe another two um two wins probably mathematically be enough. Um but if Dungaff keep winning it may, it may just sort of prolong that a little, a little bit. But as as Kicker said there, you, you would expect them to sooner or later get the league title wrapped up and probably with, with getting into the middle of the championship now Kieran will probably be looking to have that wrapped up and have a sole focus then of, of, of championship run Yeah um, you know we'll be waiting to see how, how that pans out um, but I'll do this for the, uh, part one uh, part two will go through uh, division one and I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts on um, you know such a strange uh, league at the minute. Uh, part three, then we'll, we'll go through Division Two because it's a big weekend for for all the teams involved there. So join us part uh, for part two in a couple of seconds. Welcome back, folks. Part two, boys. Uh, Division One. Um, born against Goku, the the uh, mega powers in in down football played on uh, Friday night, and Kicker just came away with the win. Yeah, great result. The end on um, uh, so it's uh, tough going to Bourne any time you go there. You never get it easy. Um, we played them at a similar time last year, and uh, we're beaten. Uh, you know, and that we felt at the time that drove Bourne on to give them confidence uh, in their championship run. Um, the other night now, the two teams were probably of last year's championship final teams. Bourne used 10 of the players, Kilku used 8 of who featured in that final. So it sort of gives you a, a better balance of the teams that were out. You know, both teams were uh, using uh, younger players and whatever. Uh, but it's good to expose them to that level of football. Uh, first half was a very tight game. Uh, Kilku in the point up half time were probably dominating possession for most of the first half. but didn't convert to, to scores. 
and doing with her at, at the uh, soccer fun school uh, just prior to half time. Um, Borden came out the second half and started really brightly and looked as if they were going to kick on. But uh, from the from the but the thirty fifth minute to five minutes to go, that twenty minute spell, Kilku really up the ante and uh, just probably as good a twenty minutes as the play as they played this year. And um, Bourne packed their defence, but uh, they unlocked them a number of times and uh, some good scores and Niall Kane's free taking uh, from deep from deep. He's kicked not four, two forty fives and two frees. Um, uh, he was on the iron on the night and that that helped things too. You know, if they, you had missed one of them, it kept Bourne in the game, but he just kept. It kept them at arm's length, um, but a, a reasonable game, uh, no major flash points trying like that, you know. Uh, but uh, both teams will be glad of it at the end of the championship to get uh, the fixture out of the way. Yeah, you know, as you said, there's no flash points or anything out there. So, uh, do you think it was just a, a bit of spawn at this stage, just to see, you know, as you said, ten uh, started for Burn, yet started for Goku from the from the championship team, um. There was no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Um, there's there's no way both teams are going in there at full tilt. Uh, uh, obviously, it was more important probably for Kilku to win because for Bourne to win that game would have put them uh, four points clear at Kilku in the league where it was a real four pointer. We're now we're both in twenty points each, but Kilku obviously have beat Bourne twice of the head to head. So if it goes into a title race towards the end, it, it could be massive in that respect. Um, although both teams uh, traditionally are. Uh, championship teams in the last while and for for a long many a day. So um, I'm sure if either don't win the league and the other wins the championship, they'll be they'll be delighted at the end of the day. Yeah, just with just with the league kicker, do you, do you think are you surprised um, how far Burn and Koku like it was well documented how slow Burn started this year, um, and you know yourselves as well were definitely wasn't at full tilt start of the year. Are you surprised how you, um, where you find yourselves in the league? I well, it, it was we were never really that far away from the top top uh, end of it. It's, it probably maybe reflects on the competitiveness of the, of the league in total. Like, um, the, the two teams, the three teams at ninth, tenth, and eleventh, and under Castlewell and Patrick and Ballyholland, all three of them have beaten Kilku, who set them first. Mm-hmm. That just shows you that there, there's not much between top and bottom on any given day. If you're not if you're not on your game, um, anyone can beat each other, and I think that's what's happened. But uh, yes, probably it's maybe up to the other teams there maybe to step up and, and get more points on the board. But because everyone's been beating each other, it's probably meant that Bourne and Gilku have lost fewer than the rest, which is it keeps them up that end of the table. From Duff too, you'd have to include them in that bracket, uh, even though they've lost their last two since the July holidays. And Lachan Island and Restrever are sitting in the top five there at the minute. Um, but they've they've lost games they probably could have won both them as well and they could have seen themselves further up the table so it, it's it's unpredictable at times if you're a betting man you wouldn't win much money predicting Division 1 games as uh, I see with, see with some of your predictions in the last way <laughs> hold, on. hold on a second I think you've got me mixed up with Roni here my predictions have, uh, haven't been too bad Roni you stay away from Division 1 because <laughs> you haven't a crowd uh, Roni we'll go with the the Point Bransford now apparently point uh, one point were um, hit by injuries and that and you know Bransford had the, the bit between their teeth obviously they need the points and comprehensive win we've already said and uh, Sammy before you said about Bransford home form but away from from home they seem to find their shooting boots yeah it's a, it's a big score in one point like one point is not an easy place to go and 
and pick up two points and double scores, eight, 18 9. So they're, they're the real Jack and Hyde team this year, Brainsford. You, you just could not predict what's going to gonna come. And to be honest with you, I, I'm just not going to predict any more any of their games. So I've just, put that, <laughs> I've just made that decision myself. Uh, they really are. Like I said, they're, they're losing games away. They're, they're winning, or they're they're losing games at home, and they're winning games away to to real difficult places. Like, um, so, but that, that that's a big win. Like, it's like that that bottom of that league is, is just extremely tight. Now, anybody from one point down is really, because if if the results go wrong, one point could find themselves all of a sudden really sucked into that. So, it's just extremely competitive, and it's, it's brilliant for this, brilliant for the neutral to watch it, but. I would say for some of the managers and players, it's it's probably a stressful enough time of the year. Yeah, for me, like more in point, still have one of the best squads um, in Division One, and you know, obviously, if your main players are are missing through holidays or injuries, it, it will take an effect. But you know, they've got a, a set board uh, line, and you know, the, the defense is mean as it's come. So it's it's just surprising that you know they're not as consistent as. They would have liked going into the championship, I think. Would you agree, Kevin? Yeah, would uh, one point. Uh, the, the last year, up to, at this stage, they were sitting uh, pretty up around the top of the league yeah. and really performed really well. And the, that a really good championship run. And if they had a, uh, used their heads a wee bit better and maybe kept their discipline a bit better and a wee bit more experience with them, they could have been on a championship final. Like was the had Kilku uh, on the rocks that night in Uri. Mm-hmm. Um, their league form this year has been very inconsistent, but. I think deep down, Niall McLean will not be overly worried. I think he he'll, he'll use the experience from last year and been at the top of the league and been, you know, people people were predicting them for for big stuff and at that, at that stage going into the championship, I think they could be very dark horses. Um, they have an excellent side. Uh, you, you take a forward line, you've got Alan Davidson, uh, Donald McLean, and Ross McGarry. There's three absolute brilliant finishers. If they get a right supply of ball, that they'll give any team trouble. You've got the two Boyles and Ryan Mallon. Uh, boys that got coming from deep, and then Ryan McAleenan's a rocket at, at fullback. They, they have a strong side, and they've a good squad of players. I think really one point are uh, setting their targets for uh, championship success this year, and they're maybe taking their eye out of the ball we've got in the league. I think they'll not, they'll, they shouldn't get took into that. Another couple of points here and there, um, they should be relatively safe. But uh, I do think maybe they've prioritised uh, further down the line this year because they did run out of steam in the end last year. Yeah, no, definitely. I think that's you know, and maybe. Um, because the, the you know there's not the danger of um being relegated or, or being brought into the relegation fight that you know a, a number of players could be let in this year and you know maybe squad boys were getting their opportunity whereas before maybe they were playing their, their strongest fifteen the whole way through the league and as you say um maybe just run out of steam in the championship where you know this year it has to be now you know they have to be contenders now um. Now it's been there. I think it's three years now. So, like uh, he'd have set his sights. Uh, I'm sure on, on a on a strong championship run. Yeah, big time. And uh, I think the, the they have the squad of players to compete with most. And uh, last year, you nearly could have predicted what style of play they were playing, what the team was going to be. And I think Lock and Island nearly had them in the yeah. quarter final stage. Took them to a replay, and obviously the point got over the line in the end. Um. So I think they'll be a bit more unpredictable this year. They've, they've uh, introduced other guys that maybe we haven't heard of before. Well, just, uh, it, it gives their panel a bit more depth. And uh, I, they would definitely be one of my dark horses for, for honours down the line. Um, and I don't think the league was the be-all and the end-all for them in this 
particular campaign. Yeah, but as you say about unpredictability, kicker, it's uh, the game I was at was Straber against uh, RG Dimpatrick. Um, Dimpatrick, one day could go out and beat Kilku, the next day, you know, they're, they're uh, a shambles uh, going to Restrever five goals. Um, I don't think Restrever scored five goals in uh, 30 games, so, you know, that's a worry for them. Big time, but uh, that was a massive result for Estrever, um, to go and score that amount and, uh, you know, on, against the team you're going to be playing in the championship. Uh, it was a great marker to set down, although and Keelan Mooney was involved in 3-8 of that. Yeah. He, won't be, he won't be there uh, uh, come uh, Monday week. Um, but uh, uh, Patrick, as you say, that's that's the sort of them. Uh, at home, we played them a few weeks back and they were absolutely superb against us. Really, really hard to break down and... and very good going forward, you know, the, the big Pete in full forward and mm-hmm. McGrady and boys like that playing off and young Rory Quinn. But they still scored 215 in their striver. I know they conceded a lot and that'll worry them defensively. Um, but Keelan Mooney on form, uh, Jerry Collins was on him. Uh, you take that out of it. There's not many Keelan Mooney's about. Um, he's a real, when he's on song, uh, I've seen how good he was against Kilcoo twice this year. Mm-hmm. He's he's unmarkable, really. So uh, I think Dumbarton could take the positives out of that. Um, Scoring two fifteen in Paddock Park is no mean feat either. Just obviously their defensive performance on the night will worry them. Yeah, long term, I think they'll be okay. And Patrick, are, with Turley in full forward, he's an absolute handful. Uh, and as you, as I said previously, there he, uh, he's some great young players coming off him. I think uh, Patrick, long term, will be okay. You know, um, obviously they're in a real dog fight at the minute. But um, Restrever, when Restrever go at you, they're they can be very difficult to beat. And I think they let the shackles off that particular night, and. Uh, you know, it was a massive, massive night for Stabber to get them two points because it, it just more or less guarantees them Division 1 status. And it's funny when you say that, they're sitting in the, the top four or five of the league. Um, yeah. They could very well be in the top two, two or three if they had picked up a few more points. But I think when Stabber go at teams and play with that swashbuckling style, they're, they can be devastating. Now, obviously, Mickey, I have to uh, pull you up on, you know, uh, if someone was here, he'd say the same. Uh, you said that... Uh, Strapper parked the bus against Kukui earlier in the season, but um, they seem to find the balance right. Um, I must say, now the last game, I was very impressed with them. Uh, as you said, it must have let the shackles off. You know, they're they're a young enough team that have got the legs, and you know they seem to get up up and down. You know, Petter Park's not the biggest pitches, but it suits that style of play. That's right. Yeah, well, I suppose at the start of the year, um, yeah, they were probably trying to make themselves difficult to beat, and that's what they have done, obviously. But it maybe wasn't. Uh, seeing uh, the best of them I think they have got the balance right now I've seen a few Strava games in uh, recent uh, weeks there even again Kilku there a few weeks ago Kilku won the match in the end but if Strava had a few chances that night in the first half they could, uh, the result could have easily been reversed um, so uh, the, the, with Sean Parr leading the thing at centre half back um, and I don't think they need as many bodies back as they, they had and I think they've realised that and they're, they're, they've, they've got a lot of energy in their team you know they get up and down and obviously, if you've yeah Connor Doyle back in there now, and you've maybe Pierce Gain to return home, and Jordan Fagan to return from injury, and Mooney obviously will be lost to the championship. But you, there's four players there in a forward line who they would give most defences anywhere you go a lot of trouble. So it's no surprise that they did score five eleven when they when they played with that uh, free flowing style that you've been been associated with Strava for years. Yeah, and as you said, with the upcoming championship game, um. Now, Ronnie, you predicted the Patrick for the win there because uh, I have an art mark down here. Um, big star beside it. 
I actually went for Strava. So, um, and, I, and I actually highlighted the, the Mooney effect. So there you are now. I've called that game. Good man. Well done, John. Strava were up. It was the John Fagan Derby. So Strava were up for it. <laughs> <laughs> I was well hidden. Anyway, put it that way. So, but, well, it's just with, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just with the upcoming fixtures. Obviously, um, the Paddock don't have a have a game this week, so they'd be preparing for the championship. Um, this is one of their their missing fixtures with Ballyholland. Um, Castle Island against the Strabber boys. Uh, massive game for Castle Island, wouldn't you say? Big time. Uh, Castle Island badly need two points. They've sort of they've got a draw in Kilku, um before the holidays and the fun off the boil a wee bit since that, but. Um, they're starting to get more and more of their squad back. Sean Dornan um, featured there, um, uh, not last week, the new game, but the week before that. Yeah, yeah. He's, a, he's a massive player for them. But um, last year, Strava went to Castlewell and won and won handsomely. Um, so they'll have confidence going to Castlewell, and that, especially after uh, putting up a scoreline like that last week. Um, so th- th- that's a critical game there. And Castlewell have the, 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 the armory, uh, obviously, to beat uh, Strava, but. In current form, you'd have to you'd have to say Restarver win that match, but um, I think maybe Castlewell's greater need this time, and if they get most of their squad on the pitch, and uh, Colin Flanagan, I know, is injured there at the minute. There's a big loss, a driving force for them. Um, but if they get Daniel Morgan and Dorn, and them boys going well, young Gareth McKibben inside, all uh, confident. Um, the, that match could go either way, but I think Castlewell's greater need might drive them to that, and Restarver probably have one eye on Dan Patrick the following like. Yeah, well, like with Castlewell, kicker, it always baffles me. You know, uh, I try to avoid them picking because you know, this one week, like this, always seem to do well against uh, Kilku. I don't know what it is. You know, even in the championship last year, I think it went the extra time. That be right? That's Cracking Hill Town, yeah, and it yeah. very easily could have went uh, went their way mm-hmm. that night. Uh, Kilku dug in and uh, dug a result out that night. It was. It wasn't easy, um, but obviously the local derby element there, Castlewell are obviously going to lift their game um, for that one, but as you say there, they could lift their game for Kilku, which they did a few weeks ago and they even got a draw, mm-hmm. and uh, they, mm-hmm. they, they never gave in that night. Kilku probably could have finished them off, but they, they kept uh, with, at arm's length and, and ground out a draw in Kilku, which, was, which wasn't a bad result. They've actually took three points off us this year, which wouldn't sit well with us in a, a, local, in a local derby. Um, but they could go out the next week, as you say, and play a lesser team, and 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 fail, uh, which is hard to understand at times. But they, they, they definitely have one to fifteen. If they've them all out, they're no bad team. They're they're mm-hmm. they're definitely a contender all the time. But um, obviously, Castlewell's a proud club, and winning trophies is is what they what they're after. And it's been a while since they've had any meaningful success. Obviously, they've won a couple of leagues there, but um, a club like Castlewell really want the the Franco Hare Cup. Uh, back um, and there's a lot of these boys if they don't do it in the next few years it could get away from them you know because the, there's a lot of boys there been about Cahill Crilly Daniel Morgan boys like that have a long time uh, and, and really putting the shoulders away Liam McKibben's another one um, mm-hmm. uh, plus many more like, but as I say they're a team you just they're very hard to predict at times they do seem to lift their games for, for the Kilkoos and the Brainsfords of this world but maybe take the eye of the ball a bit when they're playing um some of the other sides. Yeah, they're going to need it now. Like, this is the time to dig deep. Now, I know that they lost out the four-pointer to Dan Patrick, but uh, a big blow that day was actually uh, Damien McGrady. Um, 
you got black hearted that game. You know, and it's great to see Damien at, uh, in the twilight of his career, you know, still being a driving force. And it gives us hope, kicker, that we're still going to do it. That's it. I, well, um, when you can play a, a Mary Markey starter final for 90 minutes and then go and play a Premier Reserve game afterwards, that's even, I think that's even better. <laughs> I, you, didn't, you didn't say how I played, though. That's the, <laughs> well, uh, the papers aren't out yet. <laughs> No, I sh- I sh- no, that's it. You, you, need, you need leaders like that playing it, obviously. And Philip McGreevy was another one there that uh, drove it for years there. And he's not obviously about at the minute. But, uh, you know, guess what? Probably the, 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 need a, the need are really up at this stage. Um, they've carried off coming in the Championship too. And that'll not be an easy game for them. But carried off, we're obviously very confident. And, you know, the, 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 but the, again, if the town get a, a bit of a confidence there, they'll, they'll climb up that table and they'll be safe as houses. Um, but again, they, they need to start getting a couple of back wins back to back to, to get that confidence uh, gathered together. Yes, and just talking of confidence and, and needing points, Mayor Bridge, kicker uh, at Kilcoo. So, uh, Mayor Bridge changed the manager during the season. Um, you know, it's not really uh, seen during in the in the GA world. So. A lot of pressure as well on the on the players and committee and and the new manager came uh, Kiever as well. Uh, that's right. Uh, Mayor Bridges forums uh, started the league actually pretty well and uh, just went into a bit of a bit of a slump. Uh, but obviously uh, there's a few big players missing there throughout the season. Ryan Brady in particular, um, a real leader for them, a real driving force. Um, you've the likes of him not available. You've a few boys that maybe have. Just haven't been playing consistently, maybe to the best of their ability, um, and uh, the accumulation of factors like that can sometimes go against the team. But Maybridge on their day, they're like yes, one as well. They've one to fifteen. They've they haven't a bad player among them. Um, so if, if they can, if they can, you know, slowly but surely get all their players back in the pitch, uh, Corey Quinn and Shane Anderton boys, they got going well. Brady back, they'll be okay. I think uh, Maybridge, uh, they're too good for uh, a releg to be relegation and. Uh, they really are. They're a top four team in my eyes. So I think I think the Bridge will be fine. It's just uh, they just had a wee slump there, and uh, they've obviously lost a lot of games with small margins too. You know, uh, which sometimes it drains the confidence out of players as well. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe just it's just uh, have got the rub of the green, and luck does play a big part. And whenever the teams are so uh, equally matched, you know, I know you make your own luck, but. Still a, a ball in the box and then it goes in the net. There's not much you can do about it. That's right. And uh, I can use an example. Like we played Mayo Bridge and they had us, they had us beaten in Mayo Bridge. Uh, with another two league points. They would have, you know, they would have, they would have a dozen points if they had won that match. That match in particular, they, they probably should have won. The Kilcoo four points up with 10 minutes to go and they sort of sat back and retreated. And Kilcoo just popped over five points without reply to win the game by a point. Um, but again, this Friday night's game will be Mayorbridge will be going down very determined to win that game because it will set a marker down for uh, playing born in the championship. They'll want to really, uh, they'll, first and foremost, they need the two league points. And uh, to, to, to go down to Kilcoo and win there would probably give them that confidence to, you know, get into their championship game and, you know, to get them out of that, that dogfight at the bottom. And Clondoff, Ronnie, Clondoff are up against, uh, <coughs> excuse me, Clondoff need, need the points. After two two recent uh, defeats, yeah, they do. And again, you look at that league there, tell that Clondoff probably need to win that to try and stay in that title race because if 
to the lose against Burn. That that's them four points behind Burn, and you would you would find it hard from the cats that up. The few remaining games left, whereas if they're to win that, all of a sudden they go level with Kilku and Burn, depending on the Kilku Bridge result. So they'll, they'll definitely be targeting that as a home fixture as well. As as, as Kicker said, there maybe Burn not, haven't just got their full team out at the minute. Maybe they might even have less for the championship match a week later. So Clondalf will be really targeting that game to, to make sure they stay in that that title race. Yeah, and a team that's really impressed me with their setup and. You know, they're kicking advantage of their, their home form is, is Lockin Island. Uh, they're up against Warren Point. Um, you can only see one winner here, Rony. Yeah, the two, the two O'Reilly's are back now for Lockin Island as well. I I really think Lockin Island's a dark horse for the, for the championship. I, I think they'll give it a good run. Um, they were extremely close last year when they were playing Division 2 football to, to break it into the semi-final. So, like, I, I think if they get a good run... They, they could surprise the team. I'm not saying they're going to win it, but I think they'll definitely get to the semi-final this year. Um, they're playing very well. They're they're comfortable in that league. They're they're beating teams home and away. So they, they, they some really strong footballers in Long Island, physically strong and um, tactically strong as well. So uh, I do think they'll go well. And they've, they've had a very good year. So it's a it's a credit to the boys in charge. Kicker, what about uh Island? Have you been impressed? What you've seen of them? Yeah, I've actually seen them a couple of times. Uh, they actually impressed me very goodly last year when they played uh, one point in the championship and they also did carry enough in the championship. Was that. Um, a very big rangy side, as they always nearly are. But uh, obviously, McCurtain Park's a real fortress for them. Um, it's a tighter pitch than most. And they've, uh, they're very dominant around the middle of the pitch, but they've got the very fast forwards. They, you know, they've, they've Rory and Staff and Mason up front. Uh, the They've obviously Ben O'Reilly back there, or Jimmy O'Reilly. There's a barsman of riches about them. And as I would totally concur with Rowan there. They're a very dark horse. They're they're a bit like one point to me. Um, they could be t- t- two of the teams that not many people are mentioning uh, for Championship glory, but they could have a big say in where the Championship goes if they don't win it. Um, I, I do think uh, they'll get over one point this week. Uh, one point's form's been a bit up and down. Um, and to go to Lachan Island and win would be massive for them. But I think... I think Lachlan Island at home will get uh, two more points there. They're they're playing their very rigid system under Jody Gormley, and it seems to work for them. And you've you know a lot of experience about them yet as well with Conor O'Toole and Dan Gordon, Ryan Strani, boys like that, John McCarthy. So the boys that have played in two county finals, uh, way back in uh, 08 and 09, uh, still leading it. So them boys have been playing. They got over ten years there, uh, and since they were in them finals, have been an intermediate football for a lot of that. But they've come back into Division One there. And they've put sixteen league points in the board already, uh, with five matches to play, which is remarkable. Like for a team that's come up, normally the team that comes up is normally struggling at the bottom end. But Lock and Island are pushing uh, for league success. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, um, as I say, they've got a great system of play, and obviously, like uh, Frank and Jody have have them, you know, well tuned in to, to their jobs and the roles. So um, keep an eye on, on Lock and Island, folks. There's a wee prediction for you. Um, we'll go into part three, lads. Uh, Join us after the break and we'll be talking about uh, Division 2 and we'll try and decipher what's happening. Ron, you go and get a Lemsip or a, a Strapsel or something? I have two Neurofen and two Lemsip in me already, so <laughs> the doctor says don't take any more till 12 o'clock. <laughs> Join us after the break.
Welcome back, folks. Um, Division two, lads. Um, this one, boys, uh, from a runaway uh, division, looked the kind of a uh, really going on a clone, really that they were going to it's going to be a kickwalk for them. But uh, the the faltered in recent weeks, but um, they got over the line against uh, Daracross. Yeah, there was um. It was a real nip and tuck game. Only, only in the last minute did did Cardiff get away. They they, they kicked the winning score in the, in the last kick of the game from James Guinness. So, um, we've touched on how talented footballer he is all, all year, and they're, they're gonna need these big players to kick kicking on now for, because obviously they they, they didn't, didn't get the result they were looking for at the start of last week. So, it, it's nip and tuck between them now and and Longstone, Dark Cross will, will have felt. They had a chance last week to, to win that and and get themselves well in that title race, but now now unfortunately they're they're just relying on a favour from somebody else and but that'll be a big game now. Dark Cross and Longstone coming this Friday night in Longstone. Stone have two two big wins already in a row after the July fortnight and their third home game in a row now. So. They'll, they'll be looking to, to, to beat to our cross and then it's just a straight shootout between them and carried off for the league, I find. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this uh, Longstone-Dark Cross game. Um, and I, I, like Maybe Longstone, you know, maybe they've timed this perfectly. Only, and it's no coincidence that Mark Poland and, uh, and Mike Hughes not there coming back from injury has sort of galvanised them again. No, I'll, absolutely. This is we... Um, Longstone beat us well on Friday night. We were never really in the game. Um, we got it close at the start of the first or the end of the first half, but as a rule, we, we couldn't have any problems with, with Longstone's win on Friday night. But Mark Poland was, was well to the fore of that. Like he, he had a fantastic game. He's still a very, very dangerous footballer. He was left foot, right foot, fisted points. So, and him, him and Michael Ireland is, is a formidable full forward line. And that, that's the two of them. We're playing on on Friday night, so um, to keep one of them quiet is a, is a good job, but to keep two of them quiet, it's a brave ask. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And kicker, just with the division two, um, at the top, it's it is going to be you know the feel that it is going to be Longstone or or quite often, maybe Longstone or just a, a wee bit, you know, um, further behind quite often in their development. Uh, but I feel if if Cardiff can get out of this division, I, I really see them, you know, doing a lock in Ireland and being an established Division One team. That's right. Um, their their form this year has been been fantastic. Yeah, you know, unbeaten up to Arona McCurtain inspired Saul. Uh, when he took two points off them and just opened up the whole league race. But um, obviously that was around holiday time and all too. And you're you're going to get games like that where maybe you just turn up for it and you can be turned over like that. But Cardiff will be, you know. Longstone, to be fair to them, uh, as you said, they maybe aren't as far on in terms of development of the younger players. And after speaking to Longstone people throughout the year, they weren't really expecting promotion. You know, they were happy to be up around the top this year and then maybe next year had a real thrive. But at this stage, Longstone with all them players back, especially uh, Mark Poland, Ambrose Rogers, Michael Hughes, and then Michael Ireland, Cormac Poland, or Cor- Connor Poland, all going, all going well. If, if carried off slip again, Longstone's right in there. Um, so it's going to be a real exciting run in Division 2. and It could come down to the last day in, in, uh, in Longstone where Carried Off have to go there. 
um, to decide, determine who wins that league. And it'd be, it'd be a massive occasion if that was the case. But obviously, there's a few other teams that were saying that. Um, Dark Horse, none more so than this week. Um, I think a Dark Horse have to get a result this week. I think if they fail to, to get anything there, uh, their their chances of promotion are totally over. Um, Breda, again, they're still going rightly. Um, and they're, but they're, they're five points behind Carriedoff. It's hard to see Carriedoff relinquishing a five-point lead. So, yeah. for me, it's Carriedoff or Longstone. I would not rule Longstone out of it. Um, but again, if Carriedoff keep that, that run, uh, when the, the good form that they've uh, showed all year, if they get back to winning ways, from now to the end, obviously they'll they'll, they'll counter uh, counter it. And as you say, there'd be a match for most teams in Division One. They've have just their their like Lock and Island disguise really, um, big strong team. And obviously they're five county players this year for a Division Two team, which was massive. Um, so if they could keep all that squad together and really uh, drive it on in Division One, I think they would hold their own. Especially the a lot of teams have a significant distance to travel to them, and they really make their home their home ground fortress. Yeah, and uh, it definitely does play a role, and, and the kingdom have to travel up there um, this week, and and you know the kingdom have been uh, you know inconsistent this year, so uh, you know it's a big ask for them to, to get a result up and carried off. Um, with the relegation uh, places kicker, I just I don't want to be putting Ronnie on the spot, but um, I think Leitrim's going to have a big say on on. Um, they've got a couple of games in hand. Um, I definitely feel that you know they're going to have a big say in, in who's who's going to be occupying the bottom two and in the playoffs. That's right. Uh, Leitrim surprised I know yourselves from previous shows listening to you and uh, myself as well. I, I can't believe Leitrim are actually down that far. Um, obviously it's an accumulation of factors and missing players and whatever else. But they've just found themselves down at the foot of the table um, for a lot of the year. The, the the games in hand are massive. You know, they've two, three games there. If they can win two of them games, I think Leitrim will they, they'll climb out of it. Um but again, they're gonna to have to start winning soon. They can't the you know, this losing run and it's it's been going on for too long. And uh, they really need to get start getting points on the board. Um there's there's some talent in Leitrim. There's there's a lot of young players that were coming there and they just haven't ticked on enough. You know, last year the losing intermediate final maybe drained their confidence a wee bit. Um, but I, I thought they would have kicked on a bit further by this stage. And I, I, I'm shocked that they're down there. Um, obviously, Pierce Hogan McCricker is a massive loss to them uh, in, in the forward division. He was their main go-to man. And obviously, you've got the, the Doyles in this world and Stevie O'Higgins and boys like that that have been real real top players for years for them and gave them everything. And maybe they, they didn't play enough football at the start of the season. They're back now. But um, again, I think they'll be okay come, come the bit. But... Uh, at the minute, you would have to say Tala Leash uh, looked the most likely to go to Division Three. Um, I think I think Leitrim will survive, but it's hard to even believe in you. I'm, I'm looking at the table in front of me here. Sapple are also down there, who were yeah. Division One team last year, and were fit for most teams, especially at Nansans Park. And then Saul, Saul St John's, you probably would have to say they're still in the mix there for that. But it's, it's a real that that's a real exciting run in too, especially with two going down and then a playoff. Yeah, like the big game probably uh, that might decide, you know, a clear picture is, is Glenn against St. Jones. Massive game. Um, mm. Obviously, uh, I think Glenn played Leitrim in the championship. Um, so they're two of the favourites for that championship. There's no doubt about that. So it'll depend on the way they, they approach it. Um, 
uh, this uh, coming weekend. Uh, I really, I really could see St John's getting two points there. I think they're they're a greater need at this stage of the season, and uh, you know they're getting they're, they're getting points here and there. And I think St John's last year that they fought tooth and nail and and survived. And I think they'll do the same this year. Yeah, and you know, uh, Ronnie, um, Savile uh, have been a wee bit of difficulty this year. Um, and apparently, the you know the boys that are missing is you know over over ten to fifteen. So, um, you know that's hit them hard. <clears throat> yes, as Kerry says, they're like songs songs happened to to bring them down. But we we touched on the start of the year. Like it's, it's very easy to drop one division, and all of a sudden it's dropping our division. It's happened to teams in the past. Um, just get that quickly adapt and all of a sudden you're the, you're the big fish in the league the teams are trying to target you so Savile's maybe been hit by that this year but that's a massive game now away in Tullyish would 100% be targeting that game to try and get themselves into a playoff spot um, mm-hmm. like they'll be looking they play Tullyish play Savile and Leitrim that's their next two games Like they'll they'll be looking thinking to themselves we win both of them we're on 8 points all of a sudden we're out of it Automatic relegation spot and render a playoff spot, and Savile and Leitrim could be in them playoffs or relegation spots. So it it is it's just a it's a crazy crazy league like that. Glen St John's games massive as well. Like it's, it's kicker scissor. St John's will be looking to win that, and all of a sudden they're a point behind Glen. So it's just there's two, two or three big games are this week, and I said. Probably the only one where I would feel that it's clear cut is probably carried off and 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 Anrake because Anrake really have nothing to play for and they'll probably be maybe resting themselves for a, a championship the, the week after. Um, whereas carried off have to win the game should have that bit more about them this Friday night. But every other game there, there's teams with absolutely everything to play for, so it's just a real, real, real tough league. Yeah, I'm with. I just want to highlight uh, Breda running user user way to on, on the Friday night. Um, Breda, you know they've gone about their 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 job quietly. You know they've seemed to be under the radar. Um, I know at the start of the year they, they were missing players and that, but you know they've seemed to have picked up some great wins of of late. Absolutely, they've always been up around there for the last three or four years. They're two championships in the, in the last three or four years as well. So. Like they're 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 a real good team. But Brendan Mason's an, an excellent coach as well. Do you know what I mean? He loves them playing good football, and but like they're not just even hard to beat. That they're putting up colossal scores there on a Friday night. So like that was the lowest score they put up last Friday night, which which was one eleven, which is still still would have won every other game in, in Division Two last Friday night. So it's um it's it's crazy. Like we we're under no uh, illusions of how difficult our task is going to Belfast alone on a Friday night but against a team that's flying very high because they, they lost their first two or three games of the league if you can remember so yeah. the fact they're on 20 points now they're, they're probably one of the, the, the most informed teams in, in the county um, the, the run of form they've put together Yeah and uh, Ryan O'Gorman he texts me straight away after Friday night and says uh, Downs Michael Murphy Scored one five out of out of one eleven, so um, you'll have to be on your guard, Ronnie, to 
make sure the ball doesn't win the fourth forward, full forward line. Ah, because that was actually the plan was just to let them kick the ball straight in. So thanks for the tactics. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe if you start doing that, you won't be as low as you are. <laughs> oh, good man, good man. Hey, that'll be another, here. That's another club you've just ticked ticked off. You'll be you'll end up in Armagh next year. Nothing wrong with Armagh Division Three, right? Um, boys, so that's that's the the predictions and, and the reviews over, lads. So, um, part three will be going through uh, we better news and uh, we'll be grown uh, kicker on the secret to Kulku's success. Welcome back, part three, lads. Well, it's just a, uh, on a another um, side away from from the football. Uh, Brian Conlon passed away this uh, this week. Uh, great uh, Dan Gale and you know someone who's who's done a lot for uh, people in his community and you know um, he, he lost about with, with cancer, but you know he leaves a legacy, and I think that's. You know, uh, by all accounts, a great man, and you know, um, very sad news. Yeah, it's just when you look the paper and see that at the weekend, it's it's a sad story. I'm on it, fifty three, who built a a big business and provided great employment around the near area for people, um, to pass away so young. Um, it's a it's a sad uh, time for uh, his family and condolences to them, um. He was a, a good down Gale in the eighties and a player with massive potential. Obviously, his career cut short through injury, but he then got stuck in the business and uh, look what he's uh, achieved in in his lifetime. But it's uh, it's very very sad news that his his life's been cut so short. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's thoughts over the family and just it was just a, a colossal loss to to the city because he he brought so much. Um, he's probably contributed to, to becoming a city. The, the the work he's brought into that is, is unbelievable. So, real, real, real sad loss for the whole family and um, obviously thoughts with them at this time. Yep, um, our thoughts and prayers with, with the family. But uh, as I say, um, man leaves a leaves a powerful legacy. Also, boys, um, on later news, the Down Masters. Uh, Two players from Down got selected to play for the uh, Aussie Rules. Um, Stravers, very young Kevin McGrath and Bambridge Johnny Burns, and Ireland came out with a victory. So well done, boys, and that. Um, Chopper, uh, some people say he's been playing compromised rules his whole life. So, no uh, great uh, surprise he was selected. Uh, he's got us. He's got us in the championship. So well done, Kevin. Brilliant, mate. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, great, great, great achievement for play to both players. Yeah, so well done, boy. Uh, kicker, Kokui, um, you've been at the top of of Down Football now for for number of years, and uh, obviously last year, you know, um, I think that was uh, Paul McIver's. I think that was his sixth year, was it? Uh, Paul McGregor was there four years, and 
won three championships uh, with us. Yes, and, and last year, you know, the list of, of injuries um, obviously took away from, you know, your your pursuit for the for the championship, but just uh, went out and got uh, Mickey Moore and Kenneth Gilligan, and just how have you been around the club and that? You know, uh, how do you think they've, they've fitted in? Uh, nearly seamlessly, to be honest with you. Um, they're two uh, absolute gentlemen to begin with. Um, real, real dedicated football men. Um, they'd be there early in the evening. You know, they'd be they'd be there from maybe six o'clock. Uh, drill set up, ready to go for training. Their training methods are first class. Um, the boys absolutely love it. Um, and it's not more than our players deserve. You know, they, they deserve. Uh, the best management that uh, possible, and the, and they've got one of the the best managers in Ulster there at club level in recent times. Mickey Moore, obviously, what he's done with Slack Neil, and then previously that what he's done at, at county level uh, with a number of counties. But uh, the man's so knowledgeable about football, and Gilligan's a real good uh, man to go with him. He's just obviously finished playing, but he's he's a real he's a modern coach, and he's he's modern he's with the modern game. You know, he he's a very good players man as well, which is which is brilliant. You know the. Uh, things are going very well with them so far, and uh, uh, couldn't be happier to be honest. Um, and having here one uh, iota of a bad report about them. And just with conclude players, maybe have them boys um, been driving, you know, this on themselves? Is this something that that group of of um, players that have come through, you know, successful minor teams and that have they decided that right we're taking this? Um, you know, is it is it an in, in crowd uh, driven authority like? There's no doubt that first and foremost the players are very ambitious. There's no point you don't win as much uh, as seven championships in nine years if you're not ambitious. And uh, obviously we've uh, had great managers in the past. You know, uh, in more recent times, obviously McIver and uh, Jim McCurry prior to that. Um, so the next step was uh, you know with once Paul McIver part of the scene and um, there's obviously the players always they're always in, in touch you know they've always got to say um, it's not there's no big committee at Sam says this is what you're getting this is what you're not the players use it on board and they're ambitious and obviously he was Mickey Moore was one of the men that, that the name that came up nearly stayed away and from an early stage obviously uh, once the open negotiations with him um, he was keen to come our way as well which was which was nice to you know there was he was he obviously had managed against us in an Ulster club final and then the following year in a, in a preliminary round game in Uri and he could see that probably a lot of similar traits to what Slack Neil would have in terms of commitment and uh, squad depth and whatever you have. And uh, he was keen to come as well, but uh, it, it, it's, there's no point saying any different. When he, the news was announced, it gave everybody a lift, uh, you know, especially after uh, failing to win the championship last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's, it's a club that... Um... You know, it's it's it seems from the outside. You know, I've got a lot of respect for for Kilkenny. It's not only as as a football side, but it's also like does Terry O'Hanlon go down to every christening and give out a Kilkenny shirt to every child that's born? Because um, you know, in Park Astor, especially at halftime, you know, you see the children on the pitch out there, and it's you know, it's some buying from the community, Mickey. That's it. Obviously, you've you've a rural community, and uh, if Success breeds success, as they say. It's a it's a it's a true statement. Um, once we started to go well, 
everybody was getting involved. The people who didn't go to football back in the late 90s, they went in an odd game here and there, but they weren't in Park One or whatever league game. Nowadays, you go to a league game at home, and maybe we wouldn't be at full strength a lot of time in the league for, for, for different reasons and for giving boys game time. But everybody, there's been a big crowd there. All the people still supported well, and it's it just got that buy-in from the youth. You know, they've that's basically, there's not a big lot else, obviously, as you know, in Kilku in terms of uh, other sports. So a bit of success has probably had a big impact on it. And young people now think because they see these minor and senior teams doing well, and they want to obviously be like that as well. And it, it mightn't be the same for them, but um, at the minute, there's great interest in, in the parish. And along with that, continue, it's just a great sign, you know, but Gaelic Games is a great sport, whether it be hurling or football. It, it's a great pastime for young ones. And, it's just great to see them out there in that pitch, and I know uh, the the powers that be maybe don't like them running about at half time, but I think it's a nice sight to see. <laughs> definitely, definitely, isn't it? Um, and just can you put your? I'm sure you thought about for like what was the turning point for Kilku because you know they were, you know they've been in, in uh, a competitive first division team and you know playing against them at underage and out there, um. But what for you? Um, what was the turning point? Was it like a particular team that that came up? Like maybe seven or eight players joined the senior panel, or was it, or was it an accumulation of things? There was probably one thing that stands out to me was the '98 minor championship winning team. But it was when that team won the under sixteen championship. They played Ballyholland and Burn in a final and won a low scoring encounter, but a real dogfight and. That day proved to me when you could win an under. We we, we ended that under sixteen final with nineteen players stripped out. Um, there was a decision taken that year that none of the under fourteens would be on the under sixteen panel. It would just be all fifteen and sixteen rows. And we only had nineteen players. And there was boys there that maybe would, would if there's a couple of under fourteens maybe would have been on the team ahead of them in terms of talent. Mm. But them boys got all good game time and it just they got a great camaraderie about that group and they won that championship and then they drove on at minor level. And were a beaten docket in the quarter final again against Ballyhoon and Ballyhoon, and somehow uh, inspirational leadership from Anthony Devlin dragged the team over the line. Went on to win that championship too. Straight away that year, Kilku got into Division Two playoffs and got promoted with seven, eight of them boys, all 17, 18 year olds, uh, playing a key part. Uh, mm-hmm. And from the, from that stage on, Kilku's been a Division One team. Never really looked destined for relegation from then. They were never in the relegation, always running around the top four or five teams and then just built on it. And obviously the first big success at senior level was 3 at uh, winning the league against Castlewell and Newcastle, which was a real marker to set down against a local derby team who were probably much stronger, you know, in the years previous than who would have been. It just set a marker down that this team here is here to stay. And then obviously it built, it, you, you had a lot of, uh, you had the Fela winning team then, which went on to win under 16 in minor championships three in a row minor championships, you know, you had the Darrow Hanlons, the Johnsons, boys like that among that group, Darrow Brannigan. And really, the, the boys in between that, you know, between them two age groups from, from 98 minor winning team to uh, 2008 winning teams, there was a 10-year gap, but the, the amount of players that we achieved got got to senior level in between times that maybe didn't win a big lot was, was massive. We got to a minor final against Restrever in 05, a really strong Restrever team, uh, Led by the likes of Sean Parry, Adrian Macklin, that got a draw on Hilltown and uh, were obviously well beaten the replay. But the amount of players we gained through that team was, was serious. And they weren't maybe as successful as the rest, but you you could the Connor Lowry's, Niall McAvoy's, Niall Brown against Paul Greens, all of them come through that level. So 
obviously the first team that I mentioned there, they, they, they set the bar and the commitment levels were raised significantly. You know, there was, the effort put into training was much greater. And again, a wee bit of success does an awful lot for, for any club. And that, that's, that, that underage success was, was, was really key to driving the thing forward. Yeah, it was a big, it was a big statement from the club that you know it was only under sixteens that were allowed to play. Um, you don't see, you wouldn't see that too often in 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 clubs. That it's more about getting trophies on board. But um, maybe small things that like that, you know, that that some, a brave decision like that has led to success overall. No, it definitely had things. Now it hasn't been done probably much since, but it was done yeah. that time. But maybe they were thinking they were leaving the next. Uh, Myself and Jerry McAvoy and Dominic and them boys to under fourteen level to to Twarters Trevor at the time, but with John Fagan and Joe Fagan and Brian Cole destroying you, maybe they should let us. Maybe they should let us at us. Do you know what? The, do you know what the funny thing is that that, that team peaked at under fourteens. That was actually Tom O'Hara was was uh, they won the under sixteens. We yeah, that that was us under fourteens. That was the height of our <laughs> of our football. But it, it, was it was as good as under fourteen. It was as good as under fourteen as I ever seen. <laughs> yeah, there's too much stuff going on in Strava that. <laughs> but I see, it, I see that for myself now. <laughs> Look, uh, have you any ambitions to go into management coaching yourself, or you know, you've, you've obviously seen you know the best of the best that are ankle Coo, so um, you know, I'm sure you've picked up a few a few things. Okay, yeah, I don't mind. I like helping out there. As I said earlier in the show, there I was I'm in along with the thirds this year, along with a couple of other guys there. And uh, enjoy that bit of it. It's more of uh, it's taken very seriously as well, believe it or not. Uh, yeah, there, is, there is a fun element to it, which is great. Um, I'm happy enough that I'm obviously involved in the club and uh, doing I do PR, PRO, and I'm vice chairman this year. So, in an administrative point of view, I'm involved. So, I think that's enough jobs for now for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe the coaching leave the coaching uh, for a while anyway until because uh, it'll take up twenty five hours of the day. So, well, <laughs> you boys are a testament to that. <laughs> um, just with preparations for a championship, um, Kicker, do you think you know a team can be championship ready? I'm always keen to hear people's thoughts on this. Uh, championship ready, like all year round, or do you think it has to be built up slowly? You know, the Galaxy season isn't actually that long. Whenever you think about it. You know, um, maybe training start training in February and, and it's over for some teams in October. So, you know, if you've seen in the past with Kaku, whenever they were, you know, in also the finals and that there, um, did they train hard all year round or was it tapered? Uh, definitely tapered. Um, I'm a, I'm a great believer in that. I know before we won the the, the number of challenges we did there, uh, Mayor Bridge obviously with the dominant team and down yeah. in the Naughties. We would, yeah. been, we would have been flying in early stages of the league, going like mad, training really, really hard from an early stage. But come the championship, we were stale. And mm-hmm. on the big days, we were found wanting against the likes of the bridge. could never get over the line. Um, obviously, there was managers like McCurry and McIver and that come in. And they, they maybe changed things up a wee bit. And the, you know, they didn't make the league the be-all and end-all. We were going out to local derbies. It was a catastrophe. We had a loss one of them games. You know, nowadays if we go out and lose a league game, it's not the end of the world. Um, obviously with the, the bigger things in mind. So obviously when we did get that bit of success, I could see the difference in it. You know, the, the, I'm not saying they didn't train hard; they trained very hard, but it was tempered yeah. to suit. So you, you would peak at the 
at the business end of the season. And I do, I, I think most teams probably go out that way now as well. Obviously, it, it depends on your ambitions. You know, if you're a team promoter, staying up maybe your first year's your main priority. Uh, you know, do I get a championship run the next year or whatever? Like, but the likes of ourselves and the, the Burns of this world uh, at, at, at this present time, obviously, the, the be all and end all is the Franco Hair Cup. There's no point saying anything different. Yeah, and you know, just you mentioned Merbridge, that was a phenomenal team Merbridge had. Um, you know, you, looking back and, and playing against that team, you never thought they, they would ever get beat, and you never thought there would ever be a, a championship win for anybody else. But I suppose every team has a cycle as well. And you know, you in the administrative role now, I'm, I'm sure you're planning ahead, you know, to, to remain in, at the top of down football as well. Like you have a great, great rivalry with, with Burn now. And you know every every competitive sport, you, you need that rivalry. Fuck yeah, you get the both teams get the best out of each other. And uh, if you didn't have that, you'd have nothing. If you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, for example, like the under sixteen level in the league final there at the weekend, Bourne convincingly beat Kilku. Well, a few days previous to that, uh, Kilku convincingly beat Bourne in the minor final. And um, so, mm-hmm. the, 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 yes, there is a good rivalry. And uh, but there's there's other teams there who are going to have a big say as well. Um, you could look right down that division one there, and you you would fear every one of them, uh, on any given day. Um, but again, you need you need you need good rivals, and probably where we're situated, there's you get a lot of local derbies as well. So you have a lot of rivals, and then it's just like any winning team, everybody's there to beat you. And last year, Bourne turned us over, and it was a heartbreaking loss in the final. Nobody likes to lose, especially after being so successful. Like so, you keep things going, and you get you keep. You keep the club going, and that's what Kaku have done. You know, we haven't neglected the youth, and, and uh, hopefully that bears fruit in the in the coming years. Yes, and that's an exciting minor team coming through, Kicker. Yeah, well, that was that was the team that won the Paul McGuire Ulster uh, Under Sixteen Championship uh, two years ago down in Dromore. Um, very talented bunch of players, but very grounded and uh, under Connor Laverty, Barney McAvoy, and Anthony Dablin, the the they put an awful hard work in. Um, a lot of them have obviously graduated to the senior ranks there and they're getting kind of game time at the minute, which is great to expose them to that level of football. Um, so, no, it's, it's, it was nice to win the minor league last week, but obviously the ambition will be now to complete a double and that won't be easy with, uh, there's a lot of, lot of other strong minor teams about. Um, if you know, you have Ballyholes, Burns, Mayor, Bridges, Lundoffs, um, Bryansford, there's, there's, there's nobody easy there. So, uh, they're great we say surely and, and they're, they're, they're some brilliant individuals, but, uh, the best sum of the parts is the team, you know, so the, the, the team always comes first, which has always been the ethos of our club down through the years. And uh, that's a big thing too, you know, if you get a few real individ- talented individuals and they do their own thing, it can, you, you know, you can be found wanting when it comes to it. But when they continue to play as a team and work hard as a team, you've always a chance. Uh, just, uh, I'll not keep you much longer, but it's always, um, you know, me, like what... Kilkenny have a certain style of play and you know, it's quick hands and, and third man running but um, and he's even playing against his from underage the Kilkenny always scored the same sort of goal you know pissed it across the by stand there past the goalkeeper and then empty net you know, is that something that you work on every single level or is that just um, you know the way that you used to train no, there's there's no doubt, no point telling any lies. That's the way. We, uh, it's not about individuals. It's always about the team. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, Conor Lavery does a good work there at underage level. And uh, one of the things, one of his main style of play, if he was going one on one with goalie, he would draw the goalie. 
and always give it yeah. to the player in the best position. And he's not on his own, obviously, but um, young players are told to told to be be like that. And uh, most of them listen, and uh, if they don't listen, they'll, they'll know about it. So uh, it's, 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 it's always it's always uh, the team ethos always comes first, and the. It's an old cliche. There's no way in team, and if that's yeah. that's drilled in the young fellas from an early age, because in the end of the day, even at the third level there at the minute, if 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 someone wasn't passing the ball or trying to be a fancy down, um, they just suit their own agenda. They would soon be told about it. You know, it's just, it's all about doing what's best for the team and playing the the the, the system that suits best. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's where I've been going wrong all these years. The uh, the you thing as well. The um, with the minors coming through, kicker. Do you think there's been a shift this year in the amount of young players that have come that are playing Division One football? Because you know, for me this year, it has just been a total, uh, you know, change of the guard. Yeah, there seems to be a lot of teams that are are getting the youth in early, which I think that's a good thing. It can always be they expose them early, especially in league football, um, to to championship or to to that level of, of football. So when they come to play a championship, whether it be this year or next year, they're a wee bit more prepared for it. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, you have this issue then, but you hear Burnout mention a lot that they can be playing too much football. Um, but I don't think that's a problem. If young fellas are playing, you know, it's an hour's football. If they're, if they're playing three hours a week and their training's monitored and that they're not being pulled here, there and everywhere, I don't see any problem with that. Um, so, you know, I, it's great to see young fellas getting their chance because sometimes there's clubs in the past that maybe... You know, stayed loyal to older players who maybe were brought a lot of success, and maybe one or two slipped through the net that weren't getting their chance. And I think it's very important that you, you keep, especially in league football. I think teams, it's not, it's not all about uh, winning the league. It's lovely to do it, but if you want to give as many of your panel game time as possible, and it's one thing that you know you see the conclusion the Burns just doing at the minute. They're 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 letting their youth at it, and you have to. Yeah. Yeah. And one one last question for myself, uh, kicker. You're a big down fan, and, and I see it most of the games. And that, um, you know, uh, how do you sum up Tally's first year? And plus, um, do you think there's any players that you know are going to have a big say next year as well? Aye, they've done rightly this year, and obviously the, the first year was always going to be uh, getting a panel together, and uh, he probably he got a he got a big squad together. To be fair to him. Uh, they, they put it up to Mayo, uh, which was, you know, it'd have been nice to they put it maybe on a one lap match. But um, they're my game, a game that could have won at ebb and flowed, and they could have won it as well. So they're not that far away. I, I think they're a better team than the Division Three team, and I would, I think next year I would love to see them get get out of that Division Three. Although it'll be tougher with the likes of Cork down there. Um, so I, I think down there definitely uh, at, at best the Division Two team currently. Um. There's a lot of youth was brought in this year, and he'll probably bring in more next year. You know, young Liam Kerr there from under twenties will be one in particular. There was stand out from me, um, from Burn. She and Anna will be another. Um, Corey Quinn obviously will be an a year older next year and a real good start. Uh, uh, you know, if, if obviously if her own club there, there's a couple of good young players coming through. Maybe they're a wee bit away from that level, but I'd love to see Darrell Brannigan playing county level as well. He's a real, real yeah, up there. Yeah, I was just going to ask you. Uh, Darrell Brannigan, because um, Iman marks all the all the dangerous forwards. So you know if he's detailed to mark the dangerous forwards, surely he could do it at county level I as well. Not, he's a great bit of stuff. He can through the St. Coleman's and one Hogan Cups and whatever else there. And 
you know, he's been a good part of the Kilcoo team over the last number of years. Um, obviously, it'd be up to himself if he uh, felt that, that he wanted to go and commit to that level. I'm not sure what his, what his current situation is, but I definitely think he'd be an asset. You know, you've uh, you've Darnell Hagen in the back lane, Jerry Collins. You've uh, you know you're strong players, uh, and I think he'd be a good good boost if he would 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 be part of it. You know, but um, obviously Darrell Hanlon, who's an awful loss there, um, he'd be a massive player if he was fitting well. But obviously he's going to be out for a long time now. And how did that hit the club? I don't know. It, it was the, the probably more frustrating for the individual in particular because he worked so hard to get back from a career settling injury which he had. You know, we get. Uh, operation on his back which is never it's always a dangerous thing to get done and he worked so hard to get back and was actually going very very well in training and was just t- wasn't rushing back or nothing was taking his time and then just a, a simple thing happened in training and um, the cruciate gone so it was it was a big blow for him personally before he worked so hard obviously a big blow for the team uh, to have Dara hanging about you would be massive going into a championship campaign but um, he's he's come back from that injury before so I've no doubt he'll come back all the stronger but again I think he, he'd be a massive loss to down probably for the foreseeable future too because it isn't that long ago since himself Darno O'Hagan and Connor Harrison were collecting Ulster All-Stars That's right That is right Ronnie, you alright uh, if you overdosed enough did you take another strapsels or something you, you heard a bang or I thought you clapped oh, I've just been resuscitated here so I think the lamps have kicked in <laughs> <laughs> Rony, uh, <laughs> it was Koku, uh, you know, they, they are the benchmark now for, for, for teams not there, and I'm sure with the level, you know, uh, with Mickey Moore and that, you know, that's something you aspire to as well, being the same level as them boys. I look, you you got to admire the club, ever, everything about them. Um, funny, the, the game they they won to, to go up that year, they, they, they beat Bobby Martin in the playoff. Um, and Again, it's never looked back, as Kicker said, so there's, there's a lot of admire, no matter what, what age group you do. Uh, obviously, we see a lot of the boys coming through the uh, development squads and that, and they just play football the same way. Like There's a couple of lovely wee footballers in the 15s, and the same last year with the 16s, and I see, as Kicker said there, their minor squads just full of good footballers, so they play good football, they play it the right way, and uh, there's a lot to admire the way they, they, they play, just attack, attack the game. Not too often you see a Kilku team setting up very defensively, so they try and outscore you. They, they try and get them goals, we slip goals. I'm a big fan of them myself, so it's, it's always good to watch them play football. We'll, we'll check out uh, for a double then, a Kilku double, a senior and minor championship there. Aye, they're not be far away. Well, you, don't you tip them anyway? <laughs> I tell the start of the year, kicker knows my bet. I'm not going to say it. I'm going to jinx him. He's well warned, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Lads, thank you a million for jumping on the call tonight. Kicker, we'll definitely get you um, on again in the later stages of the championship. I know you've I've got a make-up next and all the attention will be um, on them in the future. So we'll get to you, hopefully, Kukui are still in it. Um, in around the semi-final stage, and you can let us know how the preparations are I hope going. That's the case. No, thanks very much for inviting me on. Uh, really appreciate it, and uh, great work what you were doing all year there. And um, it's a, it's really enjoyable, and it's, it's a, it's a nice innovation. Uh, you know, to for, down Gales to listen to during the week there. It's, it's uh, you know, leading into the games on Friday night. Maybe the predictions might be a bit up and down, but 
we'll, 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 not, we'll not elaborate too much further than that one. Just well, well, well done. You, you good work. Cheers. You've seen the seen the hard work that goes into our um, you know preparation of Ronies. I've sent him out the the division four matches, division three, and the permans come back. You know with. A life threatening flu virus or something. I don't know. I'll what. tell you, that's it. Ronnie, I hope you're. It's talking, it's talking <laughs> east town, south town, every part of town, cold nights. <laughs> well, I hope you're better by Friday night. And um, that's the show, folks. Thanks very much for, for listening. Uh, Ronnie, again, invaluable son. Thank you. Yes, Peggy, no worries. Kicker, thanks a so minute, mate. I'll talk to you soon. Bye, John. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to you later. Bye bye bye.